You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Far side, a drive, scores! And that shot beat the glove of Murray, and that's one you gotta have back. Over on the far side, and a shot scores! A wrist shot from the far side by Barkov, and I think that's going to be it for Matt Murray. Nylander holding, there's only four seconds left, and a shot scores! Austin Matthews with one the blue line, wrist shot, deflects into the goal! That was a strange goal. Nylander just tips it and up and over and in. Nylander hits the line. Miner's on with a Nylander to the front of the net. He scores! Holy Mackinac, what a move! Willie Nylander cuts across the goal crease and scores the winner in overtime! William Nylander gets the winner in OT last night. And what was what was a wild one, A.B., between the Cats and the Leafs? Uh, victory, though, and that's all Leaf fans can really ask for. They don't have to be pretty, but it was wildly entertaining. In the, although both coaches left that game last night extremely... <laughs> Angry. Yeah. I think fans left the building uh, getting their money's worth and, and media obviously entertained. Yeah, I like I know that I was. I mean, I, I that probably was the most entertaining from a pure entertainment aspect, maybe the most entertaining game of the season for the Maple Leafs. I mean, it had everything. Yeah. Literally everything. Like there was goals, there was awesome goals, there was dirty goals, some grungy goals, there were fights, there were, you know, uh goalie pulls, you had penalty shots, you had both coaches getting upset it legitimately had a little bit of everything it was a nice little hockey smorgasbord and ended with a least victory so all is good i thought it was a great game we have a great little smorgasbord ourselves ab on the show today we're gonna have everybody's favorite joe bowen join us at twelve twenty-five. Kristen shilton a little bit later in the show uh it, it wasn't all smooth sailing for the leaves honestly for a bit of this game it looked like they were going to lose and they were going to kind of looked like they were going to lose as a result of a sloppy first period and ultimately sloppy play from matt murray yeah I, I, the matt murray thing is probably what is what was most concerning about last night's game gives up four goals on uh, on eight shots and all of which going up high right like all, all yeah. four of those goals kind of in a similar spot and you know it was highlighted on the broadcast and and it's been highlighted really even dating back to his days in ottawa i mean i've spoken to many people out in ottawa and they're like watch that high glove like that's that's been an issue for this guy and you look at some of the goals from last night it's exactly where they're targeting is is up high on matt murray and you know we're, we're gonna have joe bowen on in a little bit who has a little bit of uh you know he's got some experience as a goaler once upon a time i'll be curious to see his thoughts on how he felt he played last night but then samsonov came in and righted the ship right like uh, he came yep. in made some big stops perfect game um yeah perfect game came in stopped all 11 shots that he faced in the in the game and gave them a chance to get back and and ultimately win the game right and really like it's so bizarre to me that they were down 4-2 because I don't know. To me, it looked like they were in full control for most of that game. It was sloppy in the first period. Like, they were sloppy. But it wasn't as though um, Florida was 
controlling the game. Like, yeah, no. they had some bad turnovers and uh, some sloppy plays. They weren't able to get established in the zone. I think the Boo Birds came out on the one power yeah, play. Yeah, the power play. Well, I don't know what the hell that drop. I mean, he went to go and drop the puck off, and nobody was home. And boom, down the other way goes the Florida Panthers on a shorthanded opportunity. And then obviously the shorthanded goal. Like, there yeah. were some issues there, some sloppiness in the offensive end. But in terms of, I think, the overall play, when I look at the game in itself, I mean, Toronto really controlled things. Like, the shots were, what, like 37-19. Um, the shot attempts were pretty low. They they kept them pretty much in check. I mean, did you, did you even hear Matt Kachuk at all last night? So, like, he was quiet. Yeah. Should we talk about that? Like, we gave so much hype to Matthew Kachuk before the game yesterday, and, and well-deserved. He's usually a factor. Uh, I'm thinking back to that one game with Jake Muzzin and, and oh, Kachuk the puck flip. Oh, yeah. flipped a puck at him. Matthew yeah. Kachuk really freaked out and thought that his teammates didn't stay. Like, there's history there oh, he had with that, this Leafs team. He, he freaked had that out. freak yeah. out in Calgary where he took all the sticks and just, like, threw them all on the ground. I remember he was that choked that, that his yeah. team didn't didn't step in for him there in that moment. So history there, even though Jake Muzzin was in the game, but yeah, he he wasn't he wasn't a factor in the extracurriculars, which which we were keeping an eye out for. But more so, the guy is a top point producer in the NHL this year, and I he was barely a factor in the game last night. Yeah, not really. And what's which I think is interesting. Like I'm just taking a look to see. Okay, well, who had the Kachuk assignment last night and we were wondering who would get that assignment going into it. Was it going to be Gio and Hall? You know, the shutdown pair? Or are they going to give Morgan Riley and Timothy Lilligren that assignment? It looks like Lily, Lily and Riley were really the, the, the two guys keeping them at bay for most of the night. They both had uh, over eight and a half minutes of ice time defending Matthew Kachuk at 5-on-5, five five, which there wasn't a whole lot of 5-on-5 five five in that hockey game. But yeah. when they were out there, like they were winning shifts. Like they really were winning shifts when uh, when he was out there on the ice against those guys. So like Morgan Riley and Cynthia Lilligren, I think deserve a lot of the credit for keeping them in check. You know, Camp Engvall uh, and Bobby McMahon too deserve some love there. Uh, yep. He was up out there. I mean, what I find, uh, by the way, did you see the latest news? I know this is completely outside the box here, but I just saw a tweet that it looks like the Leafs have loaned Pontus Holmberg to yeah. the Marlies, and I wonder how much of that has to do with they really like what. Bobby McCann's bringing to the table. Bobby yeah. McMahon. Yeah, uh, he he had a, one big moment in the first period that that shot in the score. first. Thought so did score. I. I thought that was the moment, and I and even Morgan Riley, AB, after our conversation yesterday on the Dryden Huntkel, I thought that Morgan Riley was going to take that shot, and you were going to look like the smartest man alive. <laughs> uh, but to no avail. Yeah, Bobby McMahon's been good so far for the least but where i was going with the end of that sentence was that i didn't really notice him much after that but i, I guess how much do you really want from from a guy in his role i think he led the team in uh, in expected goals last night uh, while he was out wow. there if i i'll just quickly check yeah he did led the team with like 89 percent expected goals so i mean he was out there he was he was doing his thing and i think that's what you kind of want to see out of a third liner and they spent a lot of time in the defensive end like defending the kachuk line um, so they did a pretty good job keeping Matt Bay. Like he again, Matt Kachuk did literally nothing in that game, and we all thought that he was going to be a big factor. He just simply was not. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mentioned before we get to our season our goes. I mentioned a bit of a sloppy first period for mm -hmm. the Leafs. When did you think that things? turned around for the Leafs and they really assumed control of that game. So there's probably two turning points. I mean, you could point to the easy one, which is the goalie pull, I would say, getting taking Matt Murray out, getting Samsonov in there. But for me, like 
when Michael Bunting stepped up for Austin Matthews, I felt like they really started to take control of the game from there. Like it was four two at that point and you know, Nick Cousins taking liberties on Austin Matthews and you know, we've seen the last few games this team, they're not afraid to get chippy. And, you know, Michael Bunting actually looked like he was real willing to drop the mitts for once. Typically he's a guy who just kinda gets in your grill, gives you a face wash and, and a little bit of a tongue lashing, but rarely does he actually drop the mitts and those gloves came yeah. off last night. Didn't really get into a fight, obviously, with uh, with Nick Cousins, but you know, I, I felt like that kind of galvanized the group, right? Sticking up for each other because from there on out, I felt like it, the, the Leafs really started to dominate that game. Yeah, I feel like ever since that one game with Philly this year when it was a real conversation, I think the Leafs have been a little bit better uh, just with that response that fans were really upset that they didn't see. Oh, that was the Zio Spear. That one TSN turning point game uh, versus Philly earlier in the season. I thought the goalie pull was significant, though. They didn't allow a shot on a shot on net for about 10 minutes when Samsonov was in there trying to get warm, which mm-hmm. is uh, what you want to see when, when a team ultimately opts to pull their goalie. Like, what, what else can you ask for as a, as a goalie that's coming in cold and your team completely shutting it down for you for 10 minutes i think it just provides a little bit of a a little bit of a mental reset maybe for the group they know what's at stake they know that there's potential that if a shot goes towards the net in the first few minutes that a cold goalie is in there it might just get past him as a result of him sitting on the bench and being cold so pretty vital for them to to shut it all down when when things could have could have gone worse for them yeah and i think that, that like that was ultimately the thought process like i think we have the audio here but that's essentially what sheldon Keefe was talking about when he decided to pull murray like yeah he allowed four goals on eight shots but ultimately you know Keefe was talking about how it was a chance to you know send a message to the team and to get the team you know rejuvenate and give them a bit of a jolt here's what he had to say last night i mean when i break down the goals you know um you know i mean obviously like the shorthanded goal against, he makes the save on a breakaway, and there's not a lot he can do or anything he can do really on the second shot. You know, the goal that I ended up pulling him on, it's a big time shot by Barkoff. Um, you know, it's, it's just more, for me, I'm more pulling the goaltender for our team. Like, it's, you just need to change something. You know, you, you can't give up four goals on eight shots, no matter how you, how you shake it out. But um, that was really it. You know, um, you look at the actual goals and all that, I don't know. You know, um, I didn't see it. I think any of the goals are too egregious or weak or anything like that. There's some traffic and things involved inside of each of those goals. But um, clearly we needed to change something. And Sammy went in and did a really good job. And we had a couple of breakdowns, big saves, got the crowd into it, give the guys some life and reason to keep pushing, and, and we did. So they, they responded well to it, right? So that was the, the coaching of Sheldon Keefe, just knowing his players, saying we got to change something and give this team a bit of a jolt. And, and they made that switch, made that swap. And Samsonov came in, and they played a lot better from there on out. Um, but four goals on eight shots is, is not a good stat line to look at. I think we all can agree with that one. I mean, Matt Murray, it was highlighted a lot in the broadcast last night. You know, maybe a little too deep in his crease, leaning towards his blocker side. A lot of these goals coming up high on Matt Murray, which is strange for a goalie who's so big. Like he's, he's, yeah. he's you know, like he's not Ben Bishop big. He's not six foot seven, but like he's a good sized goaltender and takes up a lot of the net. But it just seems like he sh- is looking a little small these days because a lot of these shots are going right over his shoulder. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not ready to 
Are you thinking panic button with Matt no, Murray a little bit no, or a little no. bit of a phase? I'm not, I'm not hitting the panic button. Like it's he's in a bit of a phase, I guess you could say. Like we've seen the talent that he has. You look at what he did his first handful of starts with the Maple Leafs, and they were exactly. fine. Yeah. I just think that there's some technical issues that that could be worked on. Like if it's being talked. Here's my concern, though. I, I will say this. Here's my one concern. If it's being talked about in the broadcast and by media. I mean, doesn't Curtis Sanford have to know what's going on with his own goaltender and have to be telling him, like, look, this is what's happening. Your glove's a little too low. You're leaning to one side. You're not as square to the net. You're a little deeper in your net. Like, those are correctable things that you would think that would be top of mind for Matt Murray uh, in a game like that, knowing that some of these goals have been a result of him just not being proper technically uh, in the last little bit here, which is caused his you know goals against the balloon over three in his last eight starts he's got an 888 save percentage his last eight starts and a lot of it is just kind of i don't know just doesn't seem like technically he's been as sharp as maybe he can be as we've seen him to be yeah the other thing about about the goalies right now is that there is i'm about to say something very obvious before we get to stair which i know we're behind on there's two of them and both of these goalies were were kind of uh, coming into the season, there was a lot of questions about both of them. So it's kind of nice that when Murray has a tough night, Samsonov uh, is is playing strong. It'd be unfortunate if they were, because there was a moment when they were both injured kind of at the same time and both playing badly at the same time. So at least they've got one going right now uh, if Matt Murray's a little bit uh, in it Who goes right Thursday? Now, Who goes Thursday? Say. Samsonov, I think. You think? I think that's the obvious. I think that's the obvious way to go. I, I think Sheldon Keefe was trying to trying to explain starting Murray again because that was, I think, the longest stretch that they've let a goalie have some runway. Matt Murray in this last little stretch, which is interesting because he hasn't been a really good in this last little stretch, and maybe that's the idea behind it that they're trying to have him play through it. Ab, but uh, what is it? Four of the last five five starts have been him, and Sheldon Keefe was trying to explain it in saying that. Uh, Murray hasn't played at home as much as Samsonov yeah. has, trying to kind of explain it that way. But uh, I, I, I'm not concerned either. And I also really like the idea of that we know that this whole year is about the postseason, and I and I like the idea of Murray in the postseason. Just seems like the that's where he he thrives. Wow, well, thriving in his career. That's that's where that's what he was signed here to do, right? Like, exactly. get, let's get to the postseason, and then once he's there, hopefully he can he can kind of take over. All right, you want to get to him? Let's rock. Well, I suppose we should get going. All right, everybody, stay right where you are. Get the hell out of here. No, you stay here. You got to get going, so go. I'm sorry you came. Time now for stay. Nobody got a gun to your head. Or go. I'll be back. All right, A.B., I feel like the goes are easier than the stays today because both of us kind of had uh, the goalie conversation that we just had under our under our goes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you never want to allow four goals on eight shots, so that yeah. that, that can go. And then we talked about the, the issue with the high glove; like those struggles can go. Like, get your glove up, pal. And I think to, to the point that we were just having, actually, it might be beneficial because it's an off day today, so there's no practice, so he won't have a chance to work on those technical things with uh, Curtis Sanford. But he might be able to do it on Thursday because we know he doesn't skate on days that he. Uh, on days that he's starting. Plays, so yeah. I guess he could go to the morning skate, maybe work on a couple of things, get a practice on Friday, and then get him another, give him 
another start on uh, on Saturday. So I think that's, uh, that that probably would make sense for for that uh, that aspect. But another thing that I do want to see go though, like there there were to point out the sloppiness, especially early in last night's game. There were a lot of turnovers, yeah. a lot of turnovers, and luckily most of them didn't end up in 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 the back of the net, and like they weren't massively costly turnovers like it was in the Boston game, but 19 turnovers in a game, you, you just can't do that. You cannot do that um, at all. A lot of them come from the blue liners, too, which yeah. that's never a good thing uh, to, to see that happen, but, you know, luckily they did a pretty good, shot, a pretty good job of not allowing those turnovers to become very costly mistakes, so uh, I guess that's somewhat of a positive, but you gotta can't be turning the puck over 19 times. So neither of us mentioned the officiating in our stays or or our goes, but I feel like we should touch on it briefly from a neutral standpoint. Uh, Ab, what did you think of it last night? It was it was a little bit of a crapshoot, but honestly, I find that if both coach, I said this in the Nashville game too last week, yeah. if both coaches are angry following the game. Maybe it evened itself out <laughs> on the ice. <laughs> yeah, like, you look at the penalties. Toronto had seven power plays. Florida only had three, so it's pretty lopsided in that way. But, yeah, Paul Maurice was uh, was heated about yeah. the officiating last night. I don't, can we actually, why, why don't we play one of those clips, just since, you know, we're talking about right Context. now. Context. Let, let's play the one about how Florida, it wasn't Florida Panther friendly. I think that one was kind of a, a funny clip there. Let's, let's play this. This is Paul Maurice last night after the game. There'll always be penalties that you take in your game here, and there's a whole bunch you're not going to like at all. I thought we had the inordinate share of those. Um, hard to describe the call. Usually, at least they have enough there to argue. Come over and say, "Yeah, the stick got up," or the Radko Gudis hits as clean a hit as you can level stick on stick, body on body. Not a charge. They're both going in the same direction. No problem with the guy going to the net at all. That's hockey. But that's there's. I don't, I don't know what the hell those guys were doing tonight, but it wasn't uh, Florida Panther friendly. Yeah, it wasn't Florida <laughs> Panther friendly. I don't think that's the part that's going to get him fined. I think the part that's going to get him fined is when he alluded to the fact that there might be some history between him and one particular yeah. referee in that game that, that might have been the cause for, for the conundrum with the officiating I'm last with them, night. I'm with him on that Gudis, though. I, I didn't think that was a charge either. Like, uh, that was a pretty good, clean check. To be quite the, honest with you. But. Yeah, the, the penalties just ended up being a little bit of a crapshoot. Like the Lilligren thing where he, he guiltily walked himself over to the box and then everyone was very confused. It was, it was a very confusing night for officiating. Uh, not a great night for the Stripes, but, but what are you going to do? I don't think they ultimately affected the outcome of the game is what I'll say. Yeah, I think that's probably good. You know, well, Paul Maurice would argue otherwise. But, yeah, fair uh, enough. I think that I'm, might I'm be sure maybe say. we would sit here and argue Otherwise, the Leafs had lost this game, so who really knows? Uh, a couple of stays, though. Like, uh, stick it up for the teammates. We, we talked yeah. about Michael Bunting going after Nick Cousins after him, you know, giving a couple of hacks and whacks to, to Austin Matthews for absolutely no reason. Didn't like the can opener from Austin. I'll say that. It's a very unsafe play. I, I did not appreciate that one, but I did like Michael Bunting sticking up for his boy. And then Zach Aston Reese sticking up for uh, for Pierre Engvall, too, on, on uh, you know, after Gudas took a little bit of a run, run at him. So, you know, I just want to give some love to those guys. It seems as though this team, I don't know, if, if this speaks to the culture maybe of the team, that they're really starting to you know, galvanize each other here and they're sticking up for one another. I don't know. It seems more reminiscent of, of a you know, playoff hockey, the way that they've been playing recently with against these physical teams. Yeah, I have that in my stays too. Angball looks 
looked a little bit pissed off last night. <laughs> I was kind of into that energy what? from him. He he was kind of responding. Uh, and then after that happened was when he assisted the Kerfoot goal, I think. There's so a I, pattern here with yeah. Pierre Engvall, okay? There's a pattern. and There is an angry grizzly bear of a man somewhere in there, isn't there, A.B.? Don't poke, <laughs> don't poke the bear. Because when when people get physical with Engvall, or like he's not gonna, he's not going to initiate physicality. But right. when you initiate it with him, typically it wakes him up a little bit. I find he plays better when he's playing pissed off and has a tiny bit of an edge. And we saw that last night. We've seen this in other games too. The game that he got suspended in, um, he got rocked early on in that game. And then he went and scored a goal, and then later on he. Ended up getting suspended for a little tomahawk chop. I can't remember what game it I was. I thought that's where we were headed he last tossed. night. Right, exactly. Because when that guy gets heated, like he gets a little edgy when you know people get physical with him, and and that's kind of what happened last night. And um, there was just a little bit of a routine, a, a pattern there, I would say, with with Pierre Engvall. Uh, how about Morgan Riley's game last night? Yeah, I, I best he, one. Absolutely yeah. the best game that he's played since his return from injury. Uh, had a great assist to set up the opening goal for them with Dryden Hunt, who, by the way, became the uh, was the first player this season to score a goal in, with all with three different teams, something like that, uh, which was which was pretty cool to see. But it was just a nice play by by Nylander there to to see that to jump up into the rush and to see that um, that opportunity there for Dryden Hunt. And then led the team with, with six D-zone starts, so he was effective, played against the Kachuk line for a majority of the night, outshot the opponents while he was out there on the ice, 10-5, to five, six high-danger chances with him out there, so they were generating a lot of um, strong opportunities with him on the ice and a 62% expected goals. It's nice to see Morgan Riley after being the whipping boy and getting, uh, you know, talked about non-glowingly over the last couple of games for yeah. him to go out and have himself a, a pretty good night. And I think Timothy Lilligren deserves a little bit of love, too, kind of yeah. stabilizing that uh, that presence. And, you know, those two together played really well last night. Yeah, lots of love to go around uh, for, for Morgan Riley and, and Timothy Lilligren. I was so happy for Morgan Riley last night. And I think he plays better when he's, he's activated. He was probably getting the simplify things. If you're having a hard time, simplify. But he was active in the rush last night, and I think that's But that's simple for him. Like, that's simple for him. Because yeah, that's, that's exactly. acting on instinct. And you always want to be acting on instinct. So that, yeah. to me, I think is, is a good sign when he is jumping up into the rush, as opposed to playing a little timid. Because that's not his game. Like, it's, it's just not. He's not a stay-at-home defenseman. He's a yeah. guy who likes to jump into the rush and likes to add offense. And honestly, that's the best part of his game. So when he's doing that, I think is, is typically when he's at his best. And we saw that uh, last night. All right. Uh, Wait, last one. Austin Matthews scored in three straight. Is it happening? I don't know. Is the burst here? Is it here? I don't know, but it I have to get be. it in. Well, maybe Joe Bowen can answer that question. He'll join us on the other side. He was in the building last night, and uh, so he'll join us. Kristen Shilton going to join the show also in the 1 o'clock hour. So a fun show coming up today. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Teixeira. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. The net. Someone's lost a stick as it comes to Marner. He scores! Holy mackerel! The Wizard has given the Leafs the lead!
Welcome back into Leafs Lunch. It's Mike DiStefano and Julia Tasheri. That was Joe Bowen. Not last night, but last week. A call he made. It was the game winner, Mitch Marner, against the Nashville Predators, where he called him the Wizard. And after that game, Julia and I had a little bit of a, a bone to pick with Bonesy after that one. So we're getting him on the show to discuss Joe Bowen, voice of the Maple Leafs. How do you do, sir? I'm good. How are you guys today? We're doing could great. You, could you hustle this and interview along because I'm catching a plane to Dallas. I'm auditioning. As a... <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll keep it brief. We'll keep it brief with you, Bonzi. Perfect. I got I, I got a beef though. You called it, you called Mitch the Wizard, okay? But it was Willie the Wizard who made the outstanding play. Why does Mitch get to Mitch, Mitch the magician and Willie the Wizard? Why don't you do the play-by-play then? Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. I knew that was going to be... Get off your rear end and get into the game. <laughs> I knew that was going to be the answer there. Oh, well, that's fine. Hey, you know what? And, and we could certainly call Mar- uh, Marner, uh, uh, Merlin the magician, I suppose. But um, you know what? I, it, it's a spur-of-the-moment type thing. You know, that's the one it is. Well, you know what? Every other call outside of that one has been 10 oh, out of 10. Fantastic. I'll tell you well, that, Bonesy. Gosh, thanks. I'll, <laughs> I'll really try to do better in future. All right. <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, last night, though, was a pretty solid game. That must have been a, a crazy one to call. Uh, a little bit of everything in that one. It seemed like the crowd was really into it last night, too. I mean, what was the atmosphere like in the building during that uh, comeback win? Well, one of the funny, one a great line Ralphie had last night. He said, "If you had come to this game with a new friend who had never ever seen a hockey game, you spent a lot of time trying to explain what the hell had just happened, <laughs> and and knowing you probably didn't know either." And uh, that was sort of it. And I thought the crowd was rather quiet until things got going a little bit with the physicality mm-hmm. and the bunting incident and, uh, and Matthews getting uh, nailed and whatnot. And that got everybody revved up. And then, of course, uh, uh, the first time that the Leafs have been able to come from behind in the third period to win a game uh, uh, happened last night. So um, it, it, it really was, and it's, I mean, uh, a lot has been mentioned about it, and I saw Don Van Massenhoven, who was the uh, 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 sort of in charge of the officials last night. I said after the game, I said, "You probably have a busy evening ahead." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure there was a few instances where he was going, "What the hell just happened here, and yeah. why is this going on?" So uh, there, there as. Uh, uh, what was the, you have some explaining to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of confused at, at a few points on the couch, and I can imagine that it was the same for you in the booth. Well, what I, was the most befuddling moment well, as you were trying to call that game one, last the night? One was when the interference penalty first went to, yes. uh, yeah. to, to <laughs> the boys across the hall, and then all of a sudden you've got Engvall in the and then they got the wrong guy. that. Engvall should have got the penalty for pushing the stick towards the net. That was the that was the, the penalty. But instead, Timothy Lilligren is in the box and he's going, "What the hell did I do?" <laughs> and uh, that was that was uh, a little different. I mean, you put somebody in the box and then you get together and decide, "No, we're taking them out." But guess what? You're going in. 
And um, that was uh, as confusing as uh, anything that I've seen, uh, certainly this year and maybe in a while. Well, Bonesy, we talked about you know the physicality really being a, a, an uptick for the crowd, but I think an, an uptick you could argue maybe a TSN turning point for the team was the goalie pull. Murray allowed four goals on eight shots last night. I mean, did you see a tangible difference in the way that the team had played after Samsonov came into the game that gave them a, a jolt that kind of allowed them for that to get that comeback win? Well, we. We kind of pontificated a little bit at the end of the period, suggesting that, you know what, it, it may be, it's certainly going to be discussed in the coach's office. Uh, and we were kind of, uh, we would not have been surprised if that goalie move had not had been made, uh, you know, to start the period. But certainly after the fourth goal went in, that was, that was pretty much it. Um, I mean, Ilya Samsonov gave them a chance, and he did what he had to do. You can't. You have to stop the bleeding. You can't give up a goal. You got to give them a chance to rally, and and they did that. I mean, it wasn't right immediate. It wasn't like all of a sudden a switch got turned on and everything else. They hadn't played badly up till that point, um, but you know, uh, uh, a less amount of shots. All of a sudden, you're down um, uh, with four goals having been scored. So. It was um, it, he did his job, and and as a backup goaltender for a game, you realize that sometimes when you come into the game, a I got no chance here now because we're down five or six, but down two you do. And so with this offense, I think it was uh, his mindset: just can't give up another one, give them a chance to come back. Yeah, and he did just that. Sheldon Keith was talking about how sometimes pulling the goalie can re-energize the group or, or refocus them, and, and the Leafs didn't allow a shot on net for, I think, 10 minutes while Samsonov was getting settled between the pipes. How do you think that, that refocused the group once Ilya went in? Well, I mean, you know, you, you, you like and love your teammates. You appreciate what they go through and what they do. And I think as an individual, when you see one of your teammates being um, – for the lack of better term, embarrassed uh, by having to come out of the game. Uh, you rally around him to say that we're going to get you off the hook. And uh, I think that's, that, that was, you know, one of the better things that you're going to see from a group. I mean, Keith could have easily have just said that three or four of you guys need to sit down and you're not playing. And then it becomes a, a kind of a situation on the bench where you're, could you move over a little bit? Because you're not playing. I'm, I need a little more room here. And that isn't exactly what you want done either. But um, the, pulling the goaltender is the easiest ploy to try and get everyone's attention that, as a group, you're not playing the way you should. And uh, Mike Keenan used to do this on a fairly regular basis, almost from shift to shift at times, that uh, you know, Eddie Belfort didn't know whether he was playing or sitting and half the time he was doing it three or four times a night. In conversation with Joe Bowen, voice of the Maple Leafs here on TSN 1050, uh, let's get back into a little discussion about our guy, the wizard, William Nylander. Um, actually, last night was the final night for All-Star voting, and I think he put on a final performance for the ages. Three-point night, got a couple goals, one goes off the head, a little bit of a grungy one, and then a beautiful one to end it in overtime. Um, how impressed were you with uh, the performance of, of the Wizard last night, Joe? 
I'm, I've been really impressed with his play throughout. And he was in a bit of a drought. And, you know, sometimes the drought ends when the puck goes in off your posterior. Uh, last night it ended when it went off your noggin. Um, it wasn't exactly uh, the end-to-end rush that we saw later, but it was certainly, uh, uh, you know, a relief to him. And when something like that happens, a lot of times it goes right to your legs and your hands. And then, of course, the next thing we saw, he had a penalty shot that he just missed with a, a great effort that just went over the bar. But having said that, um, I have been really impressed with his work ethic, with his, his desire to stick his nose in the dirty areas of the game, uh, the corners of the rink. And I've been very impressed with his um, uh, efforts defensively. Yeah. And um, I think that the, his plus-minus reveals that uh, in spades. And I think he and Matthews have tried to become better two-way players and better players without the puck, and it, it's certainly showing. And uh, that's one of the reasons why uh, the Maple Leafs are a real two-headed monster with two lines that can bury you if they're both going you have a real big issue as to where your checking line goes or who your top pair go on because it's it's a, a, a situation that Sheldon Keith can just keep rolling them out there if he wants. Yeah, he can play roll all four lines. One of the, the statistics, I guess, that I was looking into yesterday, which I didn't realize, that William Nylander is third in the NHL in takeaways. I think that just speaks to the um, to the elevation in his defensive play, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and Matthews has got to be up in that list, too. Yep. Um, he, uh, d- just the doggedness um, that if the puck gets turned over, I'm getting it back. And uh, both of them have been very, very good at it all season long, and it's, it's showing in their statistics. And it's showing in things like their plus-minus, um, where Willie was at times a minus player. Um, but now is, uh, you know, one of the better plus-minuses on the team, He's played extraordinarily well, um, and because he has decided to be a two-way player, he can be trusted more by the coaching staff. And so he's playing sometimes in different situations, and uh, I think that's one of the things. And I'm, I'm not so sure after the experiment with the six or the five forwards in the power play, uh, sometimes I wonder, and of course it backfired last night. Yeah. So I, be interesting to see going forward whether Sheldon Keith wants to keep going with this idea or whether you save it maybe for you know the, uh, being down a goal or two and you really need to get back into it. But um, that issue with uh, Willie is not there. Yeah, Nylander and Matthews both taken such huge strides defensively over the last couple seasons and this year specifically. Austin Matthews not quite on the 60-goal pace that we saw him clip at last year, Joe, but since he came back from taking those four days off, he's scored in three games in a row. Are you starting to see him heat up the way that we saw him? Uh, I don't know if I want to compare it to last year even, but maybe getting back to the Austin Matthews of old with that extra pop that he's so patented for? I think one of the things you have to be uh, cognizant of is what a magical season it is when you score that many goals. Yeah. Uh, and and you can look at a lot of the other great players and whatnot, and they have spikes that uh, you have that one season, but it's the consistency that co- follows in and around a season like that. And, um, you know, there, there's all kinds of rumors about a nagging injury of some sort, whether it's affecting that 
part of his game or not, but uh, I think the one thing that you re- have to realize is how magical that season was a year ago because just about everything he shot was going into the net. And now he's having some issues of like every other player in this league, um, you know, missing chances that you thought should go in. But I think that overall, when you consider that he's got 22 goals at, at this point after 43 games, um, you know, that's on pace for at least 40, uh, maybe 45. And you would say, you know, if he hadn't had that 60-goal season last year, you'd say, wow, that's a really good year. And it is. It will be a really good year. And it's, uh, uh, But it's that plus-minus where he's plus 18 at this particular point that really I look at and say, I think he's having a better year this year than he had last year. Wow. That's a pretty good statement there. Guy scored 60, but you like the overall game of yep. what he's producing. And, I mean, here's the thing that I think about Austin Matthews. On it's this, the eye test, not the analytics. That's right, Bonesy. It's the eye yeah. test. But you can yeah. even look at basic statistics like goals. I went back and I looked to see, okay, how many goals did he score from January 18th onward the rest of the season last year? So can we expect maybe something similar? He had 35 goals in the last 40 games last year from today's date through to the rest of the season. So, you know, he really heated up in the latter half of the year. So, I mean, he still could approach that 50-goal mark if he can get going the way that he has these last couple of games. Yep, and 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 he's more than capable of doing that. Um, you know, you need a little lady luck riding a shotgun with you to, uh, you know, have the, the ones that are going off the post go in instead of wide. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you wouldn't put it past him. Uh, you really wouldn't. Um, and I think that the one thing that you have to understand with Austin Matthews is his desire to be the best player that he can be and one of the premier players in this league. And um, barring any kind of uh, health issues, I mean, hey, absolutely. And all of a sudden, you know, you get one of those weeks where you score seven or eight goals because you've gotten a hat trick here and a couple of goals in a couple of other games, and all of a sudden – uh, you leapfrog into that discussion. So I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, I think that their power play has to get better. Uh, that number one unit, I think, doesn't get the puck to the net enough. And if that means Austin's got to shoot it more, then I think that's something that they have to look at. The other thing that can only be measured by the eye test, Bonesy, that we can't uh, pull up any analytics for is kind of the way that this team seems to be building a bit of a culture. Just the way that Austin Matthews was eating those cross checks last night from Cousins and Bunting stepped in. Zach Aston Reese stuck up for Angball at one point. Do you see the group maturing and coming together that way? Well, I, I do. And I think one of the things that you have to understand, uh, I think, is that there are certain players on different lines that are sort of responsible for that. And uh, God bless Michael Bunting because he is uh, not not afraid to be involved in that, and he's in enough of it on his own volition without having uh, to uh, stand up. But as soon as he sees, you know, our best player is getting manhandled, then someone has to step in and do something, and I'm the guy. And, and right behind him was Mark Giordano. So uh, they understand um, the importance of what's going on, the ice at the time, and they also understand that some responsibility lies within. And, uh, I, I, you know, Zach Aston Reese, I think we're going to see more uh, from uh, Bobby McMahon. Uh, I mean, those are the types of players 
that are going to certainly step up and and have something to say about an incident like that. So, um, you know, we're I think we're in better shape as far as the physicality is concerned than maybe past years. And you can add, obviously, Wayne Simmons to that when he's stressed. But I think that that's an aspect of this team that has to be cultivated as it goes forward and into the postseason. Before we let you go, Bonesy, i got to ask you a question uh, that you told us off top. You're going to audition as the Cowboys kicker. I mean, are, do you prefer kicking from the left or the right hash mark? Because the, 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 it didn't work well for Mahar the no, other no, day from the left. No, put it right down the middle. I'm going to kick like Tom Dempsey, straight on. <laughs> straight on, toe blast it, 45 yards. Three-yard field goal anytime. Let's go. Justin Tucker, yep. Joe Bowen, basically the same person. <laughs> Basically the same person. Hey, what what's happening with your boy A-Rod, though? I got to know your thoughts uh, on that one. He had some comments uh, the other day that seemed might be a little unsettling to Packers fans. Yeah. No, well, as, uh, owners. As, you know, as Packers you know, owners. At this particular point to discuss any of the ongoing uh, assessments <laughs> that are going on in the closed doors. Uh, I'm, in fact, I'm just going to one of the meetings now. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to hearing what the Board of Governors uh, have to say on that ah. one shortly. Uh, <laughs> it's not the Board of Governors. We're just the damn owners. <laughs> Appreciate it, as always, Bonesy. We'll chat again okay, soon. Thanks. All right. There he goes. Joe Bowen, voice of the Maple Leafs, an absolute legend in the yep. city and uh, minority owner of the Green Bay Packers. Love it. A.B., do you... Uh... Um, just getting back to the the physicality last night and the mm-hmm. response from the Leafs when Austin Matthews was kind of getting beat up on. The other thing that I took note of that was kind of a little bit of a Debbie Downer uh, observation from that whole melee is that Jordy Ben was right there and didn't get in the mix at all. Like I, I in games that Jordy Ben or Wayne Simmons are in the lineup, like even on. Uh, even when Simmons was in over the weekend, I, and that game got a little bit greasy, like yeah. when those guys are in, they kind of have to engage to me. Well, I think uh, well Ben was in because Sandy wasn't feeling well, so I guess he wasn't in there for the physicality reasons. No, no, was, but, but I just mean Wayne I, Simmons I, I, for sure. I believe on on the weekend, yeah, yeah there was a little upset, uh, not upsetting, but upsetting, underwhelming, <laughs> underwhelming. I think is maybe a better a better word, better word to use. Uh, yeah, I too I was mean, upset. I, I would love to see Wayne Simmons throw him I mean, well, <laughs> when he, he went Felino was the best him moment. Felino, him Felino, yeah, won, but. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know, Jordy Ben, he was kind of, he was around, he grabbed somebody. It's not like he completely, you know, went, uh, went full monkey banana mode where he just stared and glazed into Maybe the it's just abyss. The beard. Like O-Dog when he goes monkey face on air. You know? <laughs> it's not like yeah. that happened. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate these guys sticking up for each other. And I think, to your point, it, it might speak to the culture that, that is building in that room. Maybe that's something we can touch on again with uh, Kristen Shilton, who's been in that room for years, and to see if there's a right. difference, if she can tell if there's any tangible difference in the mood and the atmosphere, what's going on with that group. We know she did a sit-down with uh, the goaltender, so I'll be excited to also chat with her about that. So she's coming up at about one twenty. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's also to come. Also coming up on the show, we are giving away some more lease tickets. We have been very generous this week and giving away lease tickets. It's yeah. like the third pair of tickets we've given We're away. Rifling them off. We are. So if you are listening to the show, you have a chance to win yourself some lease tickets 
tomorrow. It's the Between the Benches giveaway for tomorrow night's game against the Jets, a game in which I think is going to be bananas. You talk about uh, animosity of late. These two teams have animosity for each other. So listen for a keyword that we are going to announce at some point in the show and then be the first caller in when we open up the phone lines at some point in the second hour. So you got to keep listening to the show, get that keyword, and then when we give you the cue to call in the second hour, you do that. First one through with the right answer. Gets themselves some tickets to that game tomorrow night. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tasheri. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. You called, it, you called Mitch the Wizard, okay? But it was Willie the Wizard who made the outstanding play. Why does Mitch get to... It's Mitch the Magician and Willie the Wizard. Why don't you do the play-by-play then? Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. I knew that was going to be... Get your rear end and get into the game. Yeah. Yeah, AB, why don't you just do the play-by-play? Get your get your Western University hockey mic out and Pull it you know, out. do yeah. it again. I should uh, dust off the old pipes and... and do some play-by-play, yeah, maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll give that uh, give that a go again. I did enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. You've done some some play-by-play and for some color and stuff with uh, the Steelheads, didn't you? Yeah, Steelheads, Ryerson. I dabbled. Yeah, I dabbled. dabbled. Could you imagine if you and I got on a call? You no. do play-by-play. I do color. I think we could do it. Oh, I think we could too. But like, we should just... put that in the ear of someone up top. You should get in PG's ear and let it. Hey, one of these games. Let Leafs Lunch take over an OHL broadcast and let us do play-by-play in color. What do you think? It would be hype. If they it would let, be hype. If they let us do it, would I you... thought you meant full, like, Gord Miller and you between, like, me, Gord Miller, and you, Mike Johnson, between the benches. Yeah, that is what I mean. Full on. But, like, not, not a not... CHL game. Oh, I thought Leafs? you meant for a Leaf game. Like, I want you I'll at ice too. level. I'll do that, too. Let's go. Mix. I will yes. be Johnny between the benches, right in front of those seats that were given away tomorrow, which... Yeah! By the way, why don't we tell them what the uh, the keyword is? We tell do good that. people. Okay, so the keyword for the seats tomorrow, the pro-line seats against the Jets tomorrow night, the keyword is... Mo talked a lot about Morgan Riley today, talking a lot about Paul Maurice and how he's been upset with the officiating. So the keyword to win these seats is Mo, and it's the pro line between the bench seats for tomorrow night's game. So we will open up the phone lines at some point in the second hour of today's show, and then you could call in. First caller in with the keyword Mo wins those seats. Um, but yes, that would be. Hilarious! If you and I got to call like a Leaf game, and yeah. what are like the next gen game next year? Like we could be that. See, the that would next be fun. Gen. Except we're not children, so I think we're in that awkward well, age where they expect us to be adults, adults, and yet we behave like children. So yeah, it's very difficult true. for us to find a niche right now. This is true. Um, Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. So, did you uh, have you heard these Joe Biden clips? Like, I know we don't get, you know, we don't uh, veer off hockey too, too often. But typically, when something really funny happens in the world, we do. Have you heard these Joe Biden clips in the last couple of days? 
Okay, so you know what's funny is I knew you, you were going to play these, so I've avoided them. I haven't, actually, so you'll oh, get a real reaction wow. from me. This is hilarious. Okay, so I want to play the, the happy birthday one first, Josh. So I'm going to set it up. For those who haven't heard it, Joe Biden, this was on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and his, Martin Luther King's uh, daughter-in-law was in attendance at a function, and it was her birthday. And, uh, well, Joe Biden took it upon himself to sing her happy birthday, and this is how it went. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alvin. Ah, he didn't know her name and he just fully malfunctioned and just uh, like oh, I, I need to hear it one more time. I gotta hear it one more time. One more time, please. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear <laughs> Happy oh, birthday man. to you. Do you think he didn't know? Like that is so. So I'm looking. I'm on know. Google right now, trying to figure out what her name actually is to see. Yeah. To be fair, I don't know her name either. But I probably if Andrea. 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 Okay. If I was to. Happy, I'll give him that. Well, why I, commit to the happy birthday when you're not sure where you're headed, though? Exactly. Uh, she, it sounded like Valerie. Like it didn't even sound. It just, I, it Valerie. Uh, what was man. that? Oh my God! And then he followed it up the next day, yesterday. So the Golden State Warriors were at the White House as, as you know, every team, championship team, goes to the White House for their celebration, picture with the president, all that, and. Uh, well, he tried to give some love to the big three, except he forgot one of their names. Reimagine the team around the big three, Steph, Draymond, and, uh, and Kyle. Well, you guys are something incredible. I mean, <laughs> oh, my God. Was he going for Clay there? I, he he was going for Clay, and Al, he, he like started to say Kyle or something. Can we play just like that little part again, Steph? Like, let's play it again so we could get the full, the full analysis. Reimagine the team around the big three, Steph, Draymond, and uh, and Kyrie. Well, you guys are something incredible. Like, was he going to say mean, Kyrie? Like, was he maybe? about to say Kyrie? Like, I don't know. But that's two days in a row, a couple of tough blunders for uh, for the president. But, hey, provides us great content. And, I mean, if we went on air, though, like if we did get to do those those play-by-play gigs, as if I, I'm speaking about it, as if it's actually has a chance. I know you're like giving people hope that this is actually a potential. Like, it's not, not a potential thing not that would happen. ever happen. I mean, just anyways. imagine though, like I, I'm gonna butcher a name. Like I butchered plenty of names back when I was doing play by play back in in my you know university days. Mm-hmm. I probably butchered a lot of names. So yeah, I know I, it happens. It, it happens, but man, it's just funny when. It's so public and blows up like that. It's just, it's hilarious. All right, JT. uh, Fun first hour of the show we got uh, coming up in the second hour. We still got those tickets to give away, so we'll open up the phone lines in the second hour. So stay tuned. Chris and Shilton also going to join us. We got Word Association Wednesday coming up on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tashiri. Hour two of Leafs Lunch coming up next.